wrists shook so that she could barely pull her nightdress over her head. She had remained fully clothed beneath in her best gown of straw-coloured muslin in anticipation of her journey. She inched her way over to the chair next to the casement window. As she slipped on her half-boots and tugged at the laces, she glanced to the garden below. The shrubbery bowed and swayed in a dance with the wind and raindrops. Cecily's hold on the laces slacked as she thought of how her mother, dead seven years now, would disapprove of the garden's wild state. Cecily had tried to tend it in a manner in which her mother would have been pleased, but with all of her other chores, time had slipped by. But once she was Mrs. Andrew Morton, she would have no chores, no cares. She snapped the laces tight. Andrew had promised her as much. He had whispered in her ear the promise of love and security, of freedom from worry and want. She turned back to Leia. The moon's intermittent light now slanted over her twin's slight figure, glinting on the long red hair. Only twelve minutes her senior, they were identical in so many ways. Looking at her was like beholding a living, breathing looking-glass, from her straight nose to the smattering freckles on her cheeks. But whereas Leia was far too cautious to follow the demands of her heart, Cecily was not. One day Leia would forgive her for stealing away in the dark of night, Once she married the heir of Aradale Park, their worries would cease. No longer would she be merely the daughter of the man who worked the estate's forge and did odd jobs in the village. For when Cecily returned from Scotland, she would be a lady. The scandal would pass, and Andrew's family would accept her as one of their own. Then she would send for Leah, and the nightmare they lived would end. The chime. The familiar melody was soft at first, but it seemed to grow louder, like a beacon summoning her imploring her to move quickly. It taunted her, urging that if she did not hurry, she might awaken, and her cherished fairy tale would be no more than a tragic dream of what might have been. Lightning flashed in the tiny room, and at the brightness, Leah stirred. If Cecily was going to leave, now was the time. With her boots now secured, she stood, crossed the room, and pulled her packed valise from the corner where she had hidden it behind a chest. She opened a small box on the dresser and pulled out a folded piece of paper. At the top, she had carefully written her sister's name in her finest handwriting. Everyone would wonder where she had gone. Someone needed to know. She propped the folded letter on the bureau where Leah would be sure to see it. A thrill surged through her, and she paused to look around the room that had been hers all her life. Even in the dark, she could make out the low bed, the leaning wardrobe in the corner, the battered, painted chest beneath the window. She turned to leave, but stopped as her eye caught on a simple coral necklace next to where she had placed the letter. It had been their mother's, and it was the only piece of jewellery that remained in their possession. Their father had sold everything else, but somehow this trinket had escaped his greedy eye. At the sight of it, her throat tightened and her vision grew misty. Their mother had always wanted more for them, more than they would receive as the daughters of a blacksmith. Would her mother approve of her decision to run away from everything for a chance at a better life? Cecily had no one to turn to for guidance. She had to trust her instincts. She snatched the piece of jewellery, tucked it in her bodice, glanced back at her sleeping sister, and quitted the room. The corridor was quiet, save for the steady fall of rain. It was too quiet. Normally their father's snores would fill the modest cottage. She tried not to let that fact dissuade her as she descended the steps. 
avoiding the spaces that would groan under her weight. With every step, she should be feeling freer, lighter. But at the foot of the staircase, doubt washed over her. The tiny hairs on the back of her neck prickled. Cecily fought the ominous suspicion and strained to hear the night sounds. But the erratic beating of her heart drowned out all other noises. Another flash of lightning sliced through the darkness, lancing her already taut nerves. As soon as she was free of this cottage and the memories it held captive, the better she would be. She hurried through the kitchen and out the door to the overgrown garden. She hastened amid the neglected lavender, roses and foxglove. The hedges of overrun hawthorn and elderberry, which once had been a place of play, now seemed dangerous and foreboding. Ahead of her was the wooden gate. Only a few more steps. Cecily stopped. Was that thunder? No.